welcome to episode 12 of the creativecoast.org podcast. This is our one-year anniversary episode, and we had a wonderful year. We had a lot of great people we talked to, and we're grateful for everyone who participated. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Pi, and I am really excited to be back in Frederick, Maryland, visiting Mark and the rest of my family. I'm headed back to California tomorrow, but I've had a great visit here. We had some great brunches, some wonderful meals. We hit up a winery. I was also able to uh, have a great conversation with musician Scott Brookman. Scott's a friend of mine from back when I lived in Richmond, Virginia, and we've been able to stay in touch on Facebook since I moved. I had a wonderful phone conversation with him, and we're going to share that with you today. We're going to hear some of Scott's new music, and we're going to start right now with his song, Lonesome Town. How are you doing? 
Oh, I'm okay. What's up with you? Um, not a whole lot. I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> oh. Talk to you about your new album. Is this the start of the new album? You've got, uh, I think we're going to hear some songs from you, some what Mark calls yeah. pre-mastered raw studio sessions. So are these songs for a new album? This one, uh, this latest one called um, Songs of Music. And um, the, the the last one from last uh, summer, uh, Songs from the Old House, can be considered uh, set that goes together. We're not really working toward a album in particular, though, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I guess Songs from the Old House on Bandcamp, you describe that set of songs as an EP rather than an album. Right. Yeah, so maybe it's wrong for me to refer to these as albums, but it's a new project, right? A new collaboration between you and Martin uh, and Yanni Martinelli. Yeah, uh, it's kind of continuing that, and I believe on her end it'll just be herself, you know, adding some vocals, guitars, keys, whatever she thinks works. Last time there were some additional friends of hers on that one on songs from the old house okay so this will just be oh okay so just the just the two of you this time can you say a little bit about collaborating with yanni martinelli because you guys are at a big distance so you're in virginia you're in the u.s she is in spain so how do you guys make that work because when i listen to songs from the old house it sounds like you're both sitting in the same room together so how do you put this together um, well, like everything these days, the, the miracle of the internet, if you can send and receive files, you know, anyone can, can collaborate. We've only known each other through working on music, you know, over the internet. We go all the way back to MySpace. Whoa. Which is where <laughs> I met her and actually several other people that I've collaborated with. She's been on um, a few songs on previous full-length CDs as well. She's extremely gifted musically. She knows how to play effectively everything and has a great ear. I rarely ever have to tell her, you know, what a chord is. And we have very similar instincts on what to do in a song we're both fans of uh you know 60s music and uh you know a lot of other things basically fits melody and harmony driven and kind of has a pop basis right in some way we 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 both like it so that's kind of like you know someone you met in real life who has the has almost the same taste as you that you you get along with well we also both write a lot about our uh childhoods and you know hometown observations and that kind of stuff i think i do more fictional characters and that may be maybe a difference how do we make it work there's not much mystery there like i said at the beginning of this now i realize really long answer it's it's fine (laughs) if you can send and receive files you're you're fine files like you know waves files and some other formats are so universal, you can just pop them into effectively any software and uh, add your part. You just have to be sure everything lines up. Um, 
I have her go ahead and do the mix at this point just because my end gear is so old and, and lousy that I don't trust what I'm hearing. So, uh, yeah, it works out, works out fine. She does her own releases, which are uh, very polished sounding, and they're substantially different than, than what I do, but um, we have enough in common. And a lot of it rests on, you know, her own talent, actually. Yeah, I guess the, my main question was about just, just how you guys collaborate, um, considering that you've never met face-to-face. And I think it was really cool that you said that you basically met through MySpace. I guess a lot of musicians did meet through MySpace back in the day. They did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. We all miss it. You all miss it. Oh, we do. It was per- it was perfect, and I don't even remember enough about it in a way about what it did or enabled you to do that was new and amazing. But whoever bought it ruined it, and uh, oh. all our old stuff is still up there, frozen in time, and there's no way to take it down or change it. Oh, seriously? So like. You can't log in anymore? Well, you know, do you remember your login from 10 years ago or whatever? That's a problem. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, I'm not sure how open they are to doing the thing. Forgot your password? You know, that thing that always yeah. comes up you know, hmm. inevitably. Yeah. Now I wonder if my live journal is still up from 15 years ago. Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're a singer-songwriter, so I want to talk a little bit about the songwriting aspect. Um, You told me, like the other day, that you were working on a song that was autobiographical, basically, and you described it as hardcore. So, like, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is, I don't know, songwriters or writers for artists in general, what's hardcore about doing something that's autobiographical that's based on you this uh, just basically why did that like that word come to mind because it kind of stuck with me when you said that oh the word heart yeah the word hardcore in that context mostly what i meant by that i think is just like i said some of my stuff is just you know fictional characters or you know what i think is a funny observation or um you know some small town memory that's you know, kind of lightweight. And then there's other stuff that's darker, that's more uh, emotional for me anyway. In fact, there's a song, if you read on uh, uh, Bandcamp from uh, the last one, from, from Songs from the Old House, that I describe as um, emotionally and physically exhausting to even play it. Emotionally and physically exhausting. <laughs> so... So, you know, there are there are a few like that. Which song was that, by the way? So that we can all go on Bandcamp and hear it. What song is that? Let me see if my... Uh, I have uh, Bandcamp open here. Let me see. Uh, how is it? Is it? Uh, so it's, physic- it's physically exhausting, like more difficult to play? Yeah. Oh, okay. Difficult to play and... Um, thing without I guess get as as they say get get all choked up oh my god you know um yeah one of them let's see yeah it's um it's the song how could you let it win which oh is, uh, 
Yeah, yeah that, is, that one's that, about uh, you know suicide of of uh, of someone I at least thought I was in love with. Okay, which is still only like four years ago. Yeah, I say that like it was five minutes, but uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, and there are a number of songs that are uh, about this person. So those are uh, those are hardcore to me in the sense that um, you. you you know, you tap into something that's really real for you rather than yeah. fun characters or, uh, you know, wordplay or some ridiculous phrase. Yeah. Like the title of the new one. Uh, different different territory. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously there are singer-songwriters who do exclusively that kind of material. Yeah, <laughs> and, there's a uh, lot People of are that. very interested in them. Yeah. You know? People are very interested in them because... They seem to be, what do we call that, honest, I guess. Honest and real, man. It was so deep, you know. Kind of in the same vein, when we were talking about your your music a little while ago, you mentioned also, like when I was chatting with you, that fear, like you used the word fear, you said that it was controlling your lack of, I guess, musical output. And there's a line in one of your new songs, Lonely Man, where I guess the narrator or the singer describes himself as a fearful man. So I was just wondering uh, if you could talk a little bit about what you meant by fear controlling your lack of output. Well, I am in general a, a fearful person. I realize that this has been a controlling factor for for me in general. What does uh, you know that have to do with a factor in my uh, musical output? I may have meant uh, in that in that comment more so um, fearful of uh, the learning curve that will come with buying uh, the next generation of record- home recording equipment. I have stuff <laughs> that's older than my adult children. <laughs> I have um, I have stuff from before two thousand. Not instruments I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, computers and stuff. And it's all half broken. And, and, and almost literally everything needs to be replaced. Yeah. Um, I can pay for it because you can get stuff now that uh, does much more than the old gear did for much less money. And that isn't it. It's the figuring out how it all works thing that just stops me in my tracks. So that's an impact of fear. As far as writing, I'm not that sure what I meant. Lonely Man and uh, that song is, that one's both pretty autobiographical and also a type of song that I was just writing. Like that to me is just a sort of, you know, a classic country kind of song. Fear of, you know, fear is one of Lonely Man's components that's one of his his verses or whatever there but but yeah that that's me otherwise i'm not sure what i meant about writing per se oh i i may have thrown that in there it was just something that stuck out from our conversation and um maybe i just tacked writing in there (laughs) Uh, i I remember oh it was probably the the lack the lack of output part (laughs) it was probably um yeah, and it it was probably uh, a really good observation. I just don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it, you've been recording stuff on your iPhone and it sounds fairly good. I mean, do you do you agree with like, I guess, the sound quality that you're getting off of your, your iPhone? Do you think that you really need to upgrade everything? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, those are um, those were recorded as videos, which is in an MP4 file rather than an MP3 file. So it is a little better. But yeah, I would want you still want to be able to control each instruments separately and all that stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you can also be a little more accurate. Okay. The, the nice thing, though, about doing the phone project was that you just have to get it right. You just have to get whatever aspects you're working on, in this case, just, you know, a guitar and vocal performance. Yeah, that's like cutting an old-fashioned live album or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, whatever the take is, that's the take. You know, whatever is the best one, for whatever reason, even if there are mistakes, that's the one you use. And that's what we did for last year's release and, and this, yeah. this one as yeah. well. So, you know, I left some, I think I mentioned yesterday in email or something that I had left something out of one of the songs on uh, the one coming up. And uh, it's so much better of performance than the ones that are complete and accurate. That that, hmm. that will be our take. We'll be using that one. With yeah. The left out part. Not a whole verse with lyrics or anything, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's amazing. Yeah, you go with the one that has the most energy or the most uh, the tempo is a little better. Just like you know, a few beats per minute faster or something. I don't know. You just yeah. you have a sense after you work with it a while of uh right of oh that's the one you know so uh hold on so i get to see your your videos on facebook how many takes do you usually do before you find the one that you post on facebook oh god uh <laughs> a lot oh seriously oh my goodness yeah um i i don't know i don't know if this is a memory issue or uh or something else of course i have the lyric sheet and everything in front of me but uh yeah i mess i mess up considerably a lot a lot of times so i would say sometimes you just you know say uncle and uh i've had enough and you come back to, to the song another another day if you're doing if you're doing this kind of thing since you can't really do any editing right you can't go oh you know there's that spot in verse two. Right. I can fix that. Okay. Well, you can't. I'm starting to, well, I guess over the course of the year, since I've been working on this podcast with Mark, I really started to get a sense of, I guess, the audio editing world that I never understood before or even thought about. So I definitely appreciate that <laughs> in a way that a year ago I would, <laughs> I would not have appreciated. <laughs> So yeah, it's its own world. Okay, so uh, the the fearful man that line was in Lonely Man. So another song that you have coming out is called Lonesome Town, and then another song yeah is called You Don't Even I Don't Even Know What I Want Anymore. Mm -hmm. So loneliness. Yeah, like when I heard Lonely Man, when I heard Lonesome Town. I instantly thought, okay, well, these are basically about the same thing. They're about Scott's lonely. 
<laughs> but um, then when I, I asked you about it, you said that Lonesome Town was, I guess, kind of about like a different kind of loneliness. So do you want to talk about that a, a little bit? Lonesome Town is just, uh, I was messing with those chords, those kind of, you know, Bob Dylan type chords and uh, whatever else you call that. I don't know, whatever you call that kind of playing. I don't know. Besides <laughs> Dylan S. <laughs> that's just a, that's a, what? That's a trope or a theme or, or something that just runs through that kind of material. So that one doesn't really have anything to do with uh, me, per se. It's kind of just a, a character. And I really liked the first line. So I decided to keep it and keep working on it. And I ended up liking the second line and they're pretty much fit together. The rest of it, I don't really know what that's about. I'm looking at it now. Um, but it works out and um, I was finally able to finish it. But that's a particular, you know, it'd be like if you wrote a, you know, a rock and roll song, you know, using, you know, Chuck Berry's chord sequences or something you kind of know how that would go and you kind of know some topics that would probably be in those songs um and there's there's tons of of uh lonely songs lonesome songs and folk and country and old old uh what's it called old not old school what is the type of trying to go Old time, old time music, and uh, and all those, and the blues, obviously, and you know, it's kind of one of those, more than a autobiographical thing. Now, um, Lonely Man is though also <laughs> a little formulaic in, uh, in terms of music, so it's country this time instead of the folky thing. That one's definitely about me, and yeah. and loneliness. Because, you know, I'm in that uh, demographic of older, you know, usually divorced or widowers <laughs> who are now the uh, the loneliest population. The loneliest population. We have the most trouble with that at this point. Oh, you read that? I've read that. Okay. Yeah, That's let's true. let's let's find it somewhere and we can we can cite it. Cite it? Yeah, we'll cite it when you find you find the source. About you being in the loneliest demographic. The loneliest demographic could actually be a bad song title. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> and um, I would say the other one you mentioned, I don't even know what I want anymore. Other than, the, other than that chorus, I would say those words are fairly generic. Uh -huh. They're not really that much about me or anything specific that I'm yeah, yeah. remembering. So see... So people, ah, and this is a segue to another idea that I bet you can figure out. People, okay. when they think, people, when they think about songs and songwriting. Yes, yes, I hear it. See the emphasis on my voice there? You can figure it out. Okay. Um, when, this, is an, this is an example of, um, this is a good uh, sort of trio to illustrate this. People really have no idea what in the hell they're listening to. Mm -hmm. As far as, oh, is, this is a deeply personal lyric about the, the writer. Yeah. No, it's not. And you don't, because you don't do this, you don't 
write songs and you don't listen to them in the same way that a songwriter would. Uh, just like a novelist wouldn't read novels in the same way that a casual reader would. Yeah. There are things we know. <laughs> like, you know, oh, that's a character song. Or, uh, oh, didn't some probably some personal territory there versus, uh, well, that's just a, a sort of template with mildly interesting lyrics. And a lot, I'll say too, something, this is something else that people don't know, a lot depends on the music you have going with it. The music that you're starting to invent determines the topic or the, or the seriousness with uh, uh, hold on. So you mean like the music itself apart from the lyrics? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, I don't think there's a way I could, I could use for some reason. And this is uh, what that is exactly. Obviously varies from writer to writer, but I don't think I could use the music from lonely town to do something deeply personal. Okay. That to me sounds like somebody else's, almost somebody else's music that's been used a zillion times. Ah, okay. So it doesn't make me go there in my mind as far as what are the lyrics going to be. Okay. All right. So I've got a question. I'm going to throw this out there. And this isn't something that we talked about earlier, but do you remember when I tried to write lyrics for you? Yes. 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 <laughs> and they were rejected, rejected outright. Is that okay? So um if if you remember my attempt at writing a song for or with you, obviously I didn't have any sense of, of the music. I have no musical sense whatsoever. Was that part of the problem with my song? <laughs> um as, as I recall, you were trying, let's see, your project was to write a different set of words and I had given you what the story idea yeah yeah and then something like that yeah yeah like you gave me a, a like a like a line to go with and to uh develop and a theme it was a song so. a, a song that I would written that I was unhappy with yeah and you were you were supposed to come in and uh you know be a professional lyricist and, and and clean it all up and make it perfect for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I made it worse. <laughs> well, I think what I learned, no, you didn't make it worse. Um, I, I, I think what, what I learned there is I just have to do it. This has to be me. Cause I was also open to, um, I think the only musical thing that I didn't want to change was the chorus. So, uh, okay. This was, uh, was this a uh, mystical eraser? Thing? Yes, it was mystical eraser. Yeah, mystical eraser. And it's still, it still is in the uh, limbo zone, mm. as is uh, monkey face and eight ball. Oh. Which uh, <laughs> is, um, <laughs> uh, they're both, they're both songs that um, uh, I do want to still redo, but they're just not satisfactory. There's no melody really to and that's really important to me. I even found a video recording of, of one of those, and I, I was listening to it. I'm like, yeah, I still feel the same way. This sort of just sort of sucks wow. on a musical level. So, well, whether they'll ever come back, 
Who knows? Nah. Who knows? Okay. Well, if um, Mystical Eraser ever comes back, be on the record that there are two versions. So <laughs> mine, mine is lost forever. So. <laughs> so you did touch on this uh, on sort of this topic a, f- a few minutes ago, but I want to like develop it a little bit more. You've got a song that I really <laughs> that I really like um, that you sent uh, that you sent for me that I think we. Uh, with your permission, we might we might include um, sure. your your pre-mastered raw studio session of the song. It's called um, "Just Like Some Magic Show." Uh-huh. Yeah, and so this is like basically where like you're you're telling somebody who hasn't tried to write a song or play a song or create something in this way right. that. It basically, it's not easy, and it's not just you know no. something that like you you consume, yeah, <laughs> because you never tried. That's my favorite part. <laughs> well, right. Um, yeah. so I, should, I should just just jump off on a uh, you know, thirty minute monologue on this one <laughs> because this I could talk about all day. I, I just um, well, first of all, I'd like to say if it makes you feel better, uh, I think Yanni tried to write some lyrics for me once. Uh, before and those didn't work either so okay she's a she is certainly capable of writing her own lyrics <laughs> her own lyrics and um uh so it, no it just it just didn't work but anyway regular people and their weird assumptions about well we talked about this a little a little bit earlier i believe but um yeah that song is yeah it's definitely about well no one knows any. <laughs> there's so many levels of nobody knows here. Nobody knows anything really about how music is made on any level in the general public. Okay. Even uh, just the core thing of the writing, nothing. I don't know how they think it happens. I, as I think I've written in, in, in an email. Um, I have had students who who were shocked that you could major in music <laughs> in, in in college that there was enough to it to know <laughs> for that to be a major and I'm thinking and you think business has enough to it to be a major enough music what well then how well, do you think someone's an art major and, and I don't know yeah or film a film major yeah. Creative writing. Right, yeah. right, exactly. You accept these, sort of, I guess. I assume so. But yet music just sort of happens somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Um, whether it's... All right, and I, I know that people know that musicians must devote hours to practice. Practice on their instrument. But they must know that. Right. And then after that... I don't, I don't, I don't think people know anything. And uh, you know, there are myths, stereotypes about virtually every other type of creativity. There's no songwriter myth. Hmm. You know, there's a sculptor with the chisel poised, wearing a beret, chipping away at marble. There's the lonely poet in his or her garret. There's the painter with paint and shit all over their clothes in some hovel with a giant canvas and a naked, there's got to be a naked woman in that. <laughs> and of course, all artists are men too, right? Of course. And et cetera. 
And, you know, those are, at this point, comedic go-to stereotypes. There's no, nothing like that for, for writing songs. Even other writers, like, you know, a novelist, a poet, whatever, sort of have, you know, there's lots of chain smoking and sitting in a typewriter, and maybe you're looking out a window, gazing over the sea or something like that, but there's nothing like that for, for, for songwriters. It's kind of, it's kind of strange. Um, but it, yeah, it does seem to kind of go along with a general complete ignorance of how it's it's made or done. I've also noticed there are trends and things that people assume, like people are obsessed with the use of auto-tune now. Like this explains anything about, <laughs> about popular music that they're listening to. Like, you know, I, I guess that's, an important issue not I don't know (laughs) I don't know Scott I think you you definitely need to add some auto-tune to this next album I'm sorry I should yeah it's true yeah we were going to use that we were going to use that on one note in one song once and then we realized it wasn't me it was an effect that was running through a guitar and so my pitch was not changed Oh wow! So so hold on, hold on. Okay, this is probably going to demonstrate my ignorance. Auto tune actually serves a function. Well, I'm sorry. What serves a function? Auto tune. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because you just said that you and Yanni were going to use it for one note. Exactly, and that's that's the intended use of it. I was like, eh, that's pretty. That's pretty flat. Let's fix that. And it could be not just the vocalists. People are obsessed with the vocalists using auto-tune. Like, well, yeah, but you can also use that for the lead guitar for one note. It's for some reason, even if it's not that out of pitch, it just sounds wrong. You can fix that. That's useful. Because you're in a place that's costing a lot of money for you to use and for you to go back and re-perform the whole passage just to get this one note right. Sure. Go ahead and use it. You might as well. My God. It exists. I just thought it was something annoying that musicians came up with to create something popular. I I know. That's what everyone thinks. That's what everyone thinks. (laughs) Oh, wow. So thank you. I learned. I learned something today. Stick with me, man. So much, so much minutia to, to, to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I learned, I learned so much. I learned so much from your, your lyrics and, um, well, well two more things on, uh, the, um, this, the same thing of, uh, the, no one really understanding what, what it is or what it's like to write songs. And I just forgot one. Okay. All right. Here's, here's the one I remember. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a film clip you can probably find on, on YouTube. Joni Mitchell, of all people, is virtually in, in tears trying to explain to this concert crowd of hippies that music doesn't just belong to everyone. And I have a line, I think, about that kind of idea in the, in the song. That this, she says, she comes out and says, this is how we make our living. This is our job. And they think that it should just all be free, that music is owned by the, by the people, right? So it doesn't matter that someone 
crafted this thing or took a long time recording it or practicing it. None of those count. <laughs> because I've heard the song on my transistor radio while I was walking down the street going to the protest, man. This is the song. <laughs> this is this is for me. Man, that is speaking the truth to the people. Like, well, yeah, but yeah. the people are already are also being used by someone else to create something. And there's another part to that circle, of course, it comes back to the same people who buy it. <laughs> so it goes it goes back to to the creator again, who's you know, in some cases, exploiting the listener, I guess. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, uh, if I agree with you on the artist exploiting the consumer. I mean, I guess that argument could be made. Maybe I need to think about it a little bit more. But just when you were talking about the person walking down the street listening to Joni Mitchell <laughs> on their transistor radio, I, I was thinking about, you know, uh, we've talked before about Spotify and how much money you are raking in off of Spotify. Oh, God. Yeah. I bought yeah. the second yeah. house. Which I, which I, I don't even own the first one. So yeah. that was my mathematical trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how any of that's legal. Um, the closest thing, I mean, I guess it's just a form of broadcasting, like radio is. You are, if you're in a performing rights organization, uh, your radio stations are supposed to log. You know, if your song is is played and you get some also pretty small amount of money for that for that airplay but spotify brings it to a new low yeah 0.01 cent or something per per airplay or something like that yeah i mean i guess that you know with bandcamp at least people have like the option to buy your album yeah bandcamp is the best by far by far bandcamp is the best for yeah actually getting you the money um cd baby is a little antiquated because well it's cd based but they'll pay you too otherwise but you know those aren't there's a lot of i'll interrupt myself there there is a lot and a tremendous variety of stuff on Bandcamp. people should start treating it like they do spotify you can make playlists on there you can do the things that people do with Spotify. It just, and that's where you should go if you really like truly indie, in some cases, really out there musical projects. Yeah. I mean, they are there. <laughs> For, and, you know, you can listen to everything free. You can set it up so that that's a, you're, you listen to a part of a song instead of the full song. But uh, I think most people opt to do the whole song. Right. Yeah, I've been listening to Bandcamp more and more recently just because, like you said, you know, there's there's just, you know, if I hear about somebody like performing in in the Bay Area, I kind of like what they're doing. I mean, there are so many performers out there. I can usually I can find them you know, with something on Bandcamp, right. you know, even if it just takes me to like their label or something and I can find something that's kind of similar, you know, in whatever vein it is that, that they had. And it just, you know, Bandcamp, it can kind of open up like a whole like wormhole of new music 
And I say that as a non-musician, <laughs> but I, I've definitely found some great stuff on Bandcamp. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, Scott, we have covered the points that I uh, set aside to discuss. Is there anything that you want to get out to the world? <laughs> um, okay, maybe I should have said, like, not anything. Okay. Not, not anything. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> you can get. You can, you can put something out to the world, and we'll decide whether or not we're going to edit it out. Yeah. Right. You still have the power, man, because you're you're the man. No, in this case, right? Yes. You're the man. You have you have the power. <laughs> um, yeah. Mark is sitting here laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to, um, I would say, what do I want? What do I want to put out there? Um, bring back my state. No, bring, bring back, uh, you know, my space. Is that what it was called? Yeah. My space. <laughs> um, and, uh, let us, let us have access to that time period again. No, I don't know. That's going to happen. That sounds like a, that's a, that's a powerful message. <laughs> yeah, well. Bring back, bring back MySpace. <laughs> yeah, people are going to jump on board with that, especially non-musicians are going to have a heyday with it, whatever it is. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys sold me on, on Bandcamp, but MySpace. Yeah. Um, I would say, one, you know, one more thing, um, these, these two latest uh, releases, Sort of take me back a long, long, long time to the 1980s, I guess. Yeah, using uh, four-to-track cassette recorders and that kind of stuff, Um, and being just fine with takes that were really awful. (laughs) Which some of my older tapes are actually on uh, on Bandcamp. I want to put nearly all of them on there, actually. But I'm not sure what my limitations on that are, how much I can put up, and how many days I want to spend making, you know, side-long waves files that I didn't need to edit. Oh. It's a labor of love, definitely. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, these are clearly closer to the mark than, than most of those were. But uh, it's fun to listen to. To be, I'm glad that I can listen to my uh, earliest stuff, and I can listen to it and embrace the mistakes, and which are quite a, quite a lot, and um, go, well, you know, that was a really good song. Or some aspect of it was really good. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with it. You can just you can edit this part out. Oh. I'm babbling. Well, an old man babbling about the past. And okay, well, we're we're gonna. Um, how about we wind up the babbling? Um, Scott, thank you so much for chatting with me and um, telling me about uh, the songs of music. And um, when uh, I guess when this new um, project is ready, you can let me know. You can let Facebook know, Bandcamp, and MySpace <laughs> know. And um, we'll get the word out on our site, too. Cool. Um, Yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you. Okay. I'll see you on Facebook, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Good to talk to you. Okay. But not MySpace. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, Scott. From up above, you can see me work down here. 
That was Scott Brookman's new song, Just Like Some Magic Show, which will be on his new album, The Songs of Music. Thanks for listening to creativecoast.org. Thank you.